Welcome back to Suiting Up Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Rabel, and today we have Chile's very own Francisco, otherwise known as Coco Zarita. He's an action sports athlete. And Coco stands out on the vert ramp for a number of reasons. His bike, it's set up like a modern street rider's machine. No brakes. And he blasts through some of the highest airs of the entire field while riding the half pipe like a flowing set of trails. Coco's bike control results in airs that are so stylish, he doesn't even need to do tricks to capture the attention of the crowd. In fact, he told me on the pod that win or lose, he wants to be remembered for his style and is confident he does so. At X Games Minneapolis 2017, Coco did both. His attention to style and height earned him a bronze medal in BMX Vert, and the crowd talked about him for days on end. He's also one of the most talented riders on tour, and he's maintained that high performance for over a decade. He's 32 now, and he focuses on his training and nutrition to endure, but is a photographer by hobby, which happens to fashion well with action sports as capturing content is a core feature of their brand building and monetization strategy. What I love about Coco is his introspection. His personal and professional growth are dedicated to embracing the uncomfortable, and he calls it change, and says that most people hate change, yet the only thing that's constant in life is change. And finally, if you're like me and have always dreamed of adopting and speaking a foreign language, Coco is going to tell you how. Growing up speaking Spanish, he learned to speak fluent English in a short nine months. Suiting Up is a show that explores the psychology, the playbook of tools and strategies of the most influential people in sports, entertainment, and business. Navigating each conversation, I'll do my best to unpack how these world-class performers think, compete, improve, operate, train, even eat, and their sleep tactics. Coco's action sports idol is Travis Pastrana, who's also been featured on the show. And if you guys haven't listened to his podcast, I'd encourage you to check him out. But for now, I must say, if you haven't heard of Coco Zarita, you're in for something very powerful. Enjoy. We're at Red Bull HQ here in Santa Monica. Is this home base for you? Uh, I actually go between here, Santa Monica, and also Tehachapi, where Woodward Camp is. Yeah. It's the biggest training camp for extreme sports. Is that in California? It's actually two hours from Los Angeles, yes, yeah. California. And you're from Santiago, Chile. Originally from Santiago, Chile. I moved here about 12 years ago, Yeah. and I've been here since then. I usually go home to visit family every year, two, yeah. three times a year, a year but, but this is my base. Yeah. And you have a ton of stuff going on back there. But before we dive in, I, I want to. Everyone's talking about this car you have out back. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Sports car. It's insane. How huh? I describe it. It's pretty. I mean, it's pretty fine. It, it, it starts off the base of the car is a Nissan GTR two thousand twelve, which by itself is like sports car made to go fast. Yeah. And it's considered How fast? a super Horsepower. car. Uh, it comes with 500. Right now, we bumped it up to 700. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, we modded everything, basically, interior, engine, exterior. Yeah. We did a white body in it. So the yeah. car is, is like about uh, 15 inches wider than it's supposed yeah. to be. So. And, and auto has been a later project of yours. <laughs> you're, you're known for your, for your BMX discipline, uh, where you're a world-class athlete. Exactly. And have been the rider of the year on the Dew Tour, have won a, an X Games medal. Um, world championships in Germany. Yep. You're from Chile. You come here 12 years ago, you said. 
what was it like? How did, how did you find BMX? So I found BMX when I was a kid. I always I was always into sports with my dad. We will we explore f- uh, soccer, we yeah. explore tennis, uh, equestrian, right? With horses. Yeah. Is that how you call it? Yeah, equestrian. Equestrian, yes. Well, we try that, and always I always had a bike in my garage. I always rode it, you know. And then when I was about 13, 14, I started discovering these extreme sports on TV. Some friends started doing it. And, you know, I saw the BMX bikes and they looked so cool that I asked my dad, I wanted one, you know. At that moment, we didn't really have much money. So it took about a year till I got one. It was like, it was like basically out here, you could call it a Walmart bike. Right. Right. The bottom of so the line. So you had like the pegs and... Exactly. It's like the bottom of the line, as basic as it gets. But for me, that was the world. Yeah. It was the best thing ever, right? And then as soon as I jumped on the bike, I was able to go around my neighborhood and just just disconnect myself to the, from the world. It was hmm. like, like jumping in a bubble. Yeah. And just like do your own thing. Just have that freedom that you don't get anywhere else at 13, 14 years old, you know? Do you get that peacefulness still when you ride no i'm used to it you know i'm used to it i mean it's definitely like a is there more competition now now that you're in the big leagues and you're vying for titles every year it's more riding yeah a lot more riding a lot more precision and focus and the level is so high that you really need to you can really be in a bubble like floating around anymore you know even though sometimes it feels like that right but but that's just uh i mean more of the beginning of the BMX. Yeah, yeah. I've read a lot about you and and have learned a, a bit about you through some of our mutual connections here at Red Bull. And and I'm always fascinated by the action sports world and how to potentially navigate it. I know you're a cerebral guy, so when you look at everything from from an annual basis and like what is Coco competing in? How many events? Twenty five to fifty events a year. You're traveling. You're doing stuff like. What is it? Do you map out your annual schedule, or do you just set certain goals around big tournaments? And how are you getting there? I usually map out uh, the following year based on the last previous year. Yeah. In, in based on events mm-hmm. and activity, countries that I visited, you know, sponsors that I work with, yeah. and things like that. Because uh, the whole business of extreme sport fluctuates a lot hmm. on sponsor-wise and also like events-wise. Because yep. we might have events in Dubai this year that we might not have them tomorrow hmm. or I mean, next year. Yeah, but, yeah. but next year we might have events in somewhere else in the world. So you can really predict a year very, very well with too much of time of an, in advance. Yeah. You kind of have to go like... Uh, I want to say with three or four months in advance. Who's helping you navigate that? It, or, or is there like a governing body that's saying these are the biggest tournaments that are going to you? Like the, do the agencies come in or who's operating these events? So there's like a – there are particular like independent yep. independent businesses basically like ESPN that yep. owns X Games, right? And then you got like the, these people in, in England, they own the BMX World. Mm-hmm. And then they also in Germany, they have a couple of uh, competitions, another series. Yep. So each one own their own series, yeah. basically. And then from what I've gathered is, is you have you know, revenue from tournaments and results, and then folks that are just like going rogue and pairing up with sponsors and creating content. And you do both. Exactly. And, and, and so how are you like jumping back and forth? And, and what's more meaningful? I, I got to imagine like 
Because in a way, I, I, I create a lot of content myself, and I play more linearly professionally where we just have the, that season every spring and summer in lacrosse. And every year's Every year's the same. The same. Better predictable. That's right. And, and, and creating content sometimes can be just as valuable as being on television and playing in that game, but nothing in our sport um, can hold the weight of winning a championship. I got to imagine it's the same with you guys exactly yeah that gives you a lot a lot of value you know but there's two i think there's two type of athletes you know in this in this world i think one of them is the athletes that's the billboard Mm -hmm. that everybody sees yes and then you have the athletes that's the 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 one that's being followed the role role model and Mm. the the leader do you find yes, in your sport that follower. you find in your sport that they're that they're different? A lot of the guy, a lot of times the guys on the billboards aren't like the characters, the high exactly. character guys that are being followed. A lot of the time, hmm. a lot of times. So usually the guy that's more core that create contents and videos and is in the streets, like rumbling around the world making videos, has is a whole different uh, person most of the time than the guy that uh, usually goes and wins wins a competition. Yeah nowadays you know? yeah well we got so much to jump into because so, I'm, I'm so interested in your creative so and the content uh, it, this happens because all sports are they come out of lifestyle mm-hmm. they don't come out of a gym or a training yeah uh, training a uh, period let's say they come out of lifestyle out of the streets out of people hanging out in a corner of a street they start developing this little trick that 20 years later becomes a sport mm-hmm you know, so yeah. that's the, the, the spirit, the soul of, of what we do. So now a lot of people, and you kind of have to take it to the gym. You have to take, take it to the core, the corporate side to, make, to be able to live and sustain yourself out of it. Yeah. And that's where the contract is cre- created. When you have on one side the core dude that's cool and has a huge following and yeah. the corporate dude that is in the podium that's is being watched by half of the world basically yeah how do you how do you balance the psychology around that because i know you're a guy who 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 does both and is able to cross over seamlessly i try a little bit you know the thing is like my sport is very corporate oriented Hmm. most of the guys that compete in it are like the the stereotype of uh, the podium guy that's been training forever Hmm. because the range of age of my sport is it's a lot longer. You know, yeah. you, you start at 20 and you end up 45. Versus what in another action sport, skate? Uh, a, a skate or, or even BMX or other di- disciplines, you start yeah. at 15 and you end at, at 30, yeah. 32. You know, and then you start going out because the new kids are coming in hot. So, so I think because there's older guys too and then it's a longer lasting career kind of thing, uh, it makes it more of a corporate because mm-hmm. you have to professionalize yourself yeah. is that a word absolutely yeah absolutely you have to professionalize yourself when you're 35 and still competing yeah otherwise there's no not a chance you you definitely know about this absolutely how your body works and everything and so i i do want to ask about how you've professionalized your brand and 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 worked with different sponsors and and as you've matured and been in this space for a long time but as you mentioned uh your your verbiage you you cross over really well from Spanish speaking to English speaking. And is there, is there a, what's the benefit? I mean, I would imagine there's a big benefit to that for your brand is, is like being able to coexist in two uh, marketplaces simultaneously, uh, linguistically at least. 
Yeah, you know, it's good, but it's funny you said that because all the, this, the Hispanic market has been alive forever, right? Mm -hmm. But not many companies have really targeted the, the Hispanic market hmm. or included it into their marketing plans. Everything has mo been mostly English. So lately in the past five years, you can see a little more of a, of a Hispanic interest on, on marketing, you know, like trying mm -hmm. to reach out to that crowd. Do you think that's because the Spanish-speaking language is becoming more and more prevalent in the U.S.? And ultimately, these corporate brands that are sponsoring are, are, are U.S.-based? You know what? I don't, I, I don't personally, I don't think in the past five years the population changed that much. Mm -hmm. That now people really open their eyes to that. I think it's the companies, they realize that they're starting to see these Spanish-speaking people as numbered as well yeah. that are being lost. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so I guess there's... How, how long did it take you to learn English or did you, or did you grow up kind of speaking both? So, it's so funny because during school, I was like, I had ADD. Yeah, ADD. And, and I, I exempt myself from all the English classes. Huh. Like I didn't do any English classes. I got to do the same for Spanish school. because of oh, my learning did? differences. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. So when I was like 17, finishing school, I had no clue about Spanish. But I was so driven to come to the States and... You mean about English? About, uh, uh, no, about, I was so driven to come to the United States okay, and yeah. leave. That's right. That I had to. Yeah. I had to learn English somehow. Right. So I did like a nine-month school and done. 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 I learned <laughs> the basics and then polished the rest. I'm still polishing it. Give me, so uh, give me some tips. How, how did you learn it that quickly? Ooh, just school every day. Every day? Three hours, yeah. First nine months. Yep. But you could get a, a YouTube. It's just dedication. That's yeah. it. The scholar dedication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like if, if I want to ask you a tip, how do you build the legs the way you have them? Right. Yeah. What you're is right. it? Several hours a day. In okay. A gym. Do the same thing for Spanish. And I'll promise you in a year you'll yeah. be speaking fluent. That's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's on my bucket list. I'd, I'd love to, to speak multiple languages. Kobe Bryant, I think, speaks seven or nine. Or he does. It's, imp it's so impressive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's, let's do an interesting exercise. I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but I, I want to shift over to brand because you've done a great job building your brand personally across social media. Uh, you have a really impressive deck online. You do a lot of content creation that I want to hear more about, especially in your space. But in your, on your phone, what are the apps on your home screen? So if you pull your right phone now, out. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad timing. You know why? Because I... Oh, you got a battery? <laughs> no, I died. my phone died about uh, two weeks ago. Oh, man. And I lost all the content, everything. Okay. So I started from zero. So I'm, I'm kind of downloading apps as, as the okay. days go by. So, right? so what are some of your favorite apps then? Or what do you, what do you use regularly? So let's say I got here, uh, we got... Yep, you got your wearable tech. So you have... What is it? The health. Do you but keep I track? Any, I don't use any of that. Do you keep track of any, um, of any metrics on your health? I do, but... Only in the gym, not walking around. Yeah. You think that's just like... It's pointless. I mean, well, we're athletes, like how you know. How many steps like, are we taking, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, my watch kind of calculated, so when I forget to take it out, yeah. it keeps counting. Yeah. But I, I, I usually track my sleeping yep. and my waking up. How do you track your sleeping? With the heart monitor to see how I'm waking up, how I feel, what, what kind of day do I'm, I am already having. I, I've just started experimenting with a company so. called Whoop. Okay. They're 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 not a sponsor of mine, but they're based out of Boston. They're MIT guys, mm -hmm. and they measure like the specific metrics of sleep. So I know my light sleep, my deep sleep, 
the REM cycles oh, I like was in. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, how many uh, disturbances throughout the evening. And then it's able to take your workouts from the day and recommend how much sleep you need because they rest, define sleep as your strongest source of recovery. That's amazing, yeah. And you're doing a lot of training now. I do, yeah. So my, the, the one I'm using only tells you your lowest heart rate. Yep. And it tells you what heart rate you, you wake up with. Yeah. And based on that, you know how, how hard can you go. But sometimes you, you don't want to get caught with too much information because then that could uh, not benefit you, right? Yeah. So you want to... So, so into, back to personal branding and... With Twitter, apps, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. So right now, to be honest, I, uh, I, I download Twitter, but, but I haven't even used it in like the past two weeks. Wow. Because I, I, don't, I, so, use, I don't use so it So you have time. a large following, and, and you don't, it's, so you, do you not have like a, in, a day-to-day ritual or cadence in, that you like to post? On Twitter, no. I kind of stopped a while ago. Like yeah. just, I, I just don't, personally don't like it, you know? Yeah. And then I Facebook, Seems I like do it. Seems like a lot of folks are, are in that space right now with twitter yeah kind of trouble especially having all these other apps i have facebook you know like fan page and then i have my instagram too and instagram you would say is your strongest platform yeah instagram yep instagram yep so what's your methodology around instagram just like pause once depends on the content some days are like super cool and loaded with tons of content Mm -hmm. you can spread those photos in two days yep then move on yeah and then and then that's it basically kind of keep it organic right but the thing is like i love photography and i work with sony and so i got nice gear yeah exactly so i got nice gear and and i love high quality pictures and work on them on the coloring and all this stuff yeah i saw you like really getting into the details of all the camera equipment here at hq with red bull yeah, exactly. Like, you know, looking at the lens and a little bit of that. So when I see cameras, I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, and so I enjoy it. Yeah, and, and I enjoy posting cool photos, not just that pic- iPhone picture, you know, but just. I imagine that's authentic party. to very authentic, not only to you but to your sport. I, I look at action sports as like the original creators of content, as it relates mm, to like to documented no- footage. To nowadays, to nowadays, it's it's just like mm. part of our fabric as professional athletes and telling our story. Crazy, yeah. It's valuable to do that because we can take control of the media. Um, what are you drinking right now? Are you just a protein recovery protein. shake? Yeah, I just there got you go, man. You're recovering exactly. already. <laughs> already, no wasting time. Um, protein in one hand, Red Bull in the other hand. Yeah, gone. there you go. So, content creating is a big part of what you guys do. Um, is, is that does that go hand in hand with sponsors? Like, definitely. Yeah. How does the structure? Yeah. How does it has a deal structure? Do you guys do you work with sponsors too? Absolutely. No? Oh, Red okay, Bull's okay. a sponsor of mine. Okay, perfect. I mean, aside aside of Red Bull, I mean. Yep. We have, uh, you know, we, we have our, what we call our endemic sponsors, so footwear and hard oh, goods. Oh, okay, perfect. So I'm with New Balance and Warrior. They're okay. the top uh, manufacturers of equipment in lacrosse. Okay, sick. Um, and then we have our non-endemics, which would be Red Bull for my beverage category and energy, and GoPro helps me film like Sony helps you film. Nice, like that's that. awesome. But, it's, yeah. it's kind of the same way. Like, obviously, you, you want to create content for them. You want to create a... a, a that's it, just content. Are there minimums? I mean, that's do they, it, honestly, or, huh? Are there minimums? Do they are they like, hey, we want you to do X amount of posts a week or a month, or do they do projects with you? Or do they say like, hey, we're gonna give you whatever you need. We want you to go out to a country and mm-hmm. create a documentary for us. You know what? I haven't had that yet yeah. happen. That'll be sick because I would love to do a documentary. You know, yeah. 
or my life spanning living coming from Chile and stuff. But anyway, so I have different deals. Like to say, Sony was asking me to do like certain amount of posts and and videos for them. Yeah, using the camera, showing the camera and stuff. And let's say for Red Bull, we include uh, performance on competitions, yep. for example. And then yep. for for J Lab headphones, for example, is is create creation of content. Yeah. So I gotta create like photos for them and also also uh, videos. Yep. So they can use anywhere they want. T V in a show or social media. Yeah. So And most that, of that's being posted on Instagram? Uh, it, trade shows, yeah. TVs, mm-hmm. stores, mm-hmm. Uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. whatever platform they want, basically. Yeah. I give them the, the photos in any any resolution they want, high quality, low quality, whatever, you know. To me, it's the same. I do everything high quality no matter what, so yeah. it's easy. And then, like I said, I love creating content. I love taking care of my image, you know. Yeah. I love having the control of that. Yeah. So so I make, I always make sure I do a good job. Uh, I got to imagine with all the travel that you guys are doing for the events that you're participating in regularly, there's so many stories to tell and so much content to capture is probably why you love photography so much too. Yeah, exactly. It's so much, I mean, when I came out of Chile in 2003, I was I had my bike, 800 bucks and my clothing. That's all I had. So so just to be able to go to a, another country. Yeah. It was like the best thing ever. I had to yeah. document this. I had to save this moment. So I started, I bought a camera. I saved, bought a camera. And then I started taking photos, photos, photos. photos and yeah. then that's how I got into it. Do you still travel lean? Um, what do you mean lean? So like a lot? You, no, a little. You do you pack a little amount? Oh, you mean yeah, yeah. yeah. Not really. I can't. Yes, yeah. I have my camera, computer, and bag. Yeah, back with clothing and backpack. Yeah, and I have a full face helmet that I use for yeah. competitions. So, yeah. how many events? How many competitions? It's a about year? Uh, seven. seven. Seven competitions yeah. a year. Are those in all different countries? Uh, different countries. Yeah, most of the time. Usually, maybe in the states, two or three, and and then the rest in. In, in your world, who, um, who funds the travel? Do the athletes individually? I like, do it myself. Yeah, you do it yourself. So they just say like you you you're in this event. And you're competing on this day, and and the rest is kind of up to you. You have to get there, you have to book your hotel, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Do sponsors I mean, so, usually help? Some events, they have their own uh, hotels and travels, mm-hmm. which is nice. And some other events, uh, the sponsors they help you with the with the travel or hotel too, as yeah. well. You yeah. know, yeah. could be either the event or the sponsor or some other ones you do it yourself. And, and and why seven? Is that like what you've gotten to as a limit? It's an, average, it's an like average right now. Yeah. It could be a little like five, six or eight, nine. You is know? that for most Every guys? Goes out. Yeah. Most guys. And, and are these seven probably the, the largest, the biggest purse events that have like the most cash? There's reward? about a, I think I want to say like two of them, two or three are the biggest one. The, the other ones like they, they kind of fluctuate with less cash, more average. What are, what say. are the biggest events purse? So you got like 25 Gs, 30 Gs. To win? To win. You yeah. win the competition, you know, and then breaks down to like 20, 10. Yeah. Third and, place. And then and some of the lower competitions will have lower, like Lower, you could go for like, uh, it depends because honestly, I've done free events sometimes. Yeah. Like in shows and competitions like that, they call them competition, but in the background, it really is a show for the people, right? Because you're in a random country in the middle of nowhere, right? So you want to do a show for them, and, and sometimes you got to do it for free, charity or whatever, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Why Why do you like to do that? Just because uh, it promotes the sport, promotes the the the, the how do you say the, the 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 good the good living behind yeah. being an athlete, and right. then and then just just living period yeah. the good promotes a good living to yeah. the kids so they don't fall into drugs fall into like a bad habits in life yeah. so i think we have a, a big role on that but honestly i i don't do those events that much i try to avoid them because i live of this right yeah so yeah but that's so, i think that makes a ton of sense it's it's clear that you do all that stuff and you even built your own skate park exactly in santiago chile yeah that was uh, what, what was kind of the this story behind that, why and when, and how has that had such a impact on on you as a person? So it's funny because that's a that was the 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 city skate park, the main city in Santiago, kind of, and then it kind of uh, fell through because it was so hard to maintain, so much work, no, no nobody in the city wanted to take care of this park, right? Huh. So my dad in 2006, he was like, screw this. I, he, he wasn't doing very good in his business. Somehow he got a business with some ramps doing some shows. Yep. Out of nowhere, he jumped into BMX and I was like, mind blown. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you can't even like uh, uh, hold was, your own business and now you're going to jump on my business. Yeah, you know? he was following the, if we the fall, footsteps of his son. Exactly. And it kind of is scary for me because if, if this falls down, like, I mean, we're both going to, our names are going to be like bad, right? right? No good. But on another hand, I was like, okay, go ahead, do whatever you want. So he started building this park, park slowly with like no money at all, you know, barely getting sponsors. And in a period of like uh, nine years, he fully built, rebuilt it and it was badass park, right? How did you guys get the opportunity to even start? Did you have to purchase the land? Actually, no. The city was like, if you guys are willing to take care of this area, you can have it. Wow. Right? Yeah. So not own it, but you can just stay here forever. Yeah. Basically, unlimited. So my dad was like, bingo, let's do it. And it worked out great. Then my dad passed away three years ago. Ah. And then, so good, no problem. And then I was like, what do I do now? Right. I, I don't have time to, to take care of the skate he was park maintaining the whole across facility. the world. Yeah, every day. Yeah. You know, a full time job, basically. Yeah getting money from some sponsors, but not really much money, just keeping it. Inflow from revenue. I guess there were no costs because the city gave you the land. You, you had to c- certainly fund the building of it. Exactly. Of it, but, but revenue coming in from probably sponsors, as you said, there are a few. And then do, do, people, come, do people pay to play? No, it's an open, open place, yeah. right? Yeah. Public. So you only get money from sponsors, but you got to maintain the place and then – that's a lot of money by itself. What it, what does a sponsor come in for a project like this? What are you what are you looking to typically secure? Depends. I mean, I think my dad was like between uh, three thousand, four thousand a each year sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is nothing, dude. Right. That's for a place like that. Public. So place. were you guys losing money on that project? I mean, he was like barely making it, but he yeah. wasn't bringing any home. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's and I was right. pissed it's off because my mom, family, you know, like everything. Yeah. So, so in a way, he was do, do, trying to do something positive for us, for hmm. me. My brother, he also writes, but but in another, another hand, he wasn't really like supporting family by itself. Got it. So it was kind of like a tricky situation. Long story short, he passed away. I had to deci- make the decision, give the park away or take over it. And I was like, instantly, I was like, I need to finish what my dad started, and I want to 
build this for the kids, next generation. This mm-hmm. is my way to give back. Let's yep. do it. So I worked. At, I work with. I'm working with the, my currently sponsors right now, yep. and then down there in Chile, and we rebuild the park. We got like 12 Gs every month, every year to rebuild it and keep it in a good shape, and it's been growing every year. Who's uh, currently managing it on a day-to-day so basis? So I have a friend that rides bike out there, a younger kid, mm-hmm. you know, that is in charge of all this. Uh, logistics around the park yeah have you ever thought about hosting a, an event there or getting one of the big private operators to to host a, like we, a smaller event we do, do have yeah. yeah we do have like uh, let's say we do uh, movie premieres we do our own local competitions we do our own classes every sunday for free and there's always brands that want to rent the place let's say canon rented the place a month ago to do like a private shoot for their clients got it be, uh, before so that, Spans came with the Vans team, USA, did a show. So Yeah, that's a big deal. Extra money out of there and builds the park, builds the vibe and everything. So yeah. it works great. Yeah, that's a big project. R- running, a, running a facility like that, there are so many different ways to monetize. Exactly. It takes a lot of time, I bet. It does kind of take a lot of time, yes. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to balance myself out because I don't want to – put too many things on my tray you know yeah. how, how are you balancing your day-to-day now just uh focus a lot of this is my off-season pre-season right now so i'm trying to do a, mostly training and then focusing on some side projects car side projects mm-hmm. and and bike side projects yeah so what uh, let's get more granular what's a day to, what's a daily schedule like how, mu- how many hours a night do you sleep uh i try to do eight right yeah but I, I usually do an average between five to eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Five and then, eight. and then, are, and then you're a nutrition freak. And it's do, do, documented. You, you, Very good. I want to, I want to pick up a nutrition hack from you. I've already picked up how I'm going to learn the Spanish language. It's going to take me nine oh. months and three hours a day. I want to figure out. I've seen you. You, you're known. You, you juice fairly often, right? You've mm-hmm. done that. You do that two or three times a year. I've or? been doing. No, no, no. Actually, now I, I got a. How do you say? Uh, I started this the this juicing this year actually. Yeah. Because before I will do juicing, but in a way it was more of a carbohydrate load. That's just what I fruit, did. Right? That's right. Which is great. Blend in the morning. Now the now let's say I, I usually in a week I'll have my cheat day where I eat whatever pizza, pasta, cheese, anything. But also after that I'll do in in a couple of days I'll try to do my juicing like more detox. For for an entire like, like what no we, not okay. a full day just like the thing is like when you're 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 a high performance performance athlete yeah you need to keep the performance that's right, right. you can't sacrifice performance for cleaning or right. or, or diet or yeah. anything right so if you're not taking enough of the proper carbohydrates so and regular so what I do is like it's my own thing personal strategy which is just mix this juicing with a healthy meal throughout the day mm-hmm. and then. And then you should be good. Do you cook on your own or you go out to eat? I do. Most of the time I do on my own. I like it. I enjoy, you know. But let's say last week was my hard week of training. I didn't even want to touch the kitchen, right? So I was eating sushi like three, four times a week, you know. But the other weeks, I usually do a bowl with like chi- a lot of chicken and avocado and things like that. For uh, for a hard week of training, what, what's that like? I, I know they have a, a, an athlete gym here at Red Bull HQ, uh-huh, yep. and you just finished your workout. What what are you doing? I, I know 
I know action sports, as you mentioned, traditionally more of a lifestyle sport that turns into performance. And now you're seeing a lot of the high performers getting into the gym and it's become, a, a, I think, a really important part about the culture is like, hey, you know, we, we're, we're, we're world-class athletes too. And I know that uh, even P-Rod uh, on the skate side has just recently launched a, a series with Uninterrupted, Maverick Carter's Uninterrupted, where he's uh, meeting a bunch of different athletes in different mm, sports across okay. the world and trying to like play basketball with Kobe or lacrosse oh. with Kyle Harrison and soccer with Clint Dempsey. Um, what, what, what kind of workouts are you doing? So right now we're doing a lot of strength, you know, endurance. Strength is one, lots of core and yeah. endurance on the bike mm-hmm. to work on your heart and how it works, like aerobic base. Yeah. Build that up. And then, so that's it basically. We also do a lot of balance stuff. We, yeah. We mix it up with a little bit of boxing, which is power, strength, yep. strength and stuff like that. So. Do you think balance is innate and innate being like you're just really talented and, and test off the charts and balance and, and then you're also working on it. So how, how can I improve my balance? Because I think that's an area where I could use some help. The thing is like you, you, you can never be too good for something. You could always, you go always want to be, can be better and better and better. So I feel like, yeah, I could be real good in a, in a bike, but put me in a skate, I'm not that good. Put me in a yoga ball, I'm not that good. Put yeah. me in a, on a, on a, on a rope, I'm not that good. So what you want to do is improve yourself and in other areas just so, so that skills can come back to your own. Yeah, uh, discipline. Being a well-rounded athlete. Exactly. That that will like that can only help you. Yeah. And that's one thing that we're discovering. We're trying to figure it out because nobody really has done it. There's not a, a, a formula. Everybody has to discover their own formula. And I think that's the magic. That's what it what it takes to become the best of the best. Just always be in the search of what's your formula. You know, yeah. until you get there. Well, what is your formula of your? You know, your morning juice. What, what can I what what can I write away, and 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 take back with me tomorrow morning? You know what the thing is depending. What do you like? Depend because if you're gonna have a hard day, yeah, you can use the the same juice that you're gonna have in an easy day. Well, let's talk about a hard day. So let's talk about a hard day. Straight up carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Straight yeah. up carbs. I, you and know what I start with? Yeah. Acai bowl. Yep. Acai bowl and water. That's it. Yeah. You know, acai bowl, water, and then. And then protein after workout. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you're, you don't work out usually like five hours or six hours. Yeah. You try, I try to knock it out quick in one and a half. Yeah. Then a good meal, rest, computer work, whatever, and then come back to the gym and hit it again. Yeah. With a different kind of training session. Do you take supplements on a daily basis like multivitamins I or do. joint health? Join I should, but I don't do it. Or fish oil too, but it's so much. I so but much. I do take like a, a multivitamins, protein. I do zinc, calcium, magnesium at night, and then and protein again at night. So that's about it for me. You know. Yeah. Pretty yeah, basic. Yeah, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound basic. It sounds like your nutrition's really dialed in, I mean, <laughs> and your training's good. And when's the next event? Next event, I mean, for me, will be right now I'm clear for the next two, three months. Yeah. Winter is so mellow for us, which is nice. Yeah. That's, this gives, gives me time to work on my projects. Right now I'm about to drop a, a new project with my car, yeah. which is a, a 
ripping around downtown LA. So when you say a project, fun. talk about it. It uh, sounds like a film. So exactly, I work with. I have a lot of friends. They 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 work in like the film industry, and then they also like uh, they got their own businesses going on, freelancers. So so anytime I got a good idea, I can reach out to any out of them and see which one is interesting and have the time. Yeah. To play with this project and right. if any of them picks up on this i usually we just go ahead and do it and, and it sounds like with a lot of these films similar to call it a free competition that you're participating in you're showcasing your skill you're helping promote the sport um what what's another mission for for doing these this is a big undertaking if you're going to like bring in some filmmakers and invest a lot of time in your off season in creating this project. Uh, do you then go exactly. off and sell it to a brand or is this already mm. being underwritten by someone? No. So let's say, uh, in, in my, in the car industry, for example, talking about that, I got sponsors. They help me with the cars and parts and the build, you yep. know, cause, uh, we take it to car shows and stuff. So this is like in a way return marketing. And for me as an athlete, this is another window to get out there. You know, like for you, you got your sports yep. and you got the broadcast you do. Yep. Right? So that's your second window. What's your third window? Yeah, probably my, my personal life and hobbies and trying to maintain mindfulness. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so, so what I mean is these windows are, are the way you project yourself to the world, right? right? You reach out numbers, you reach out people. So I got, let's say, if uh, right now my main focus are BMX and cars, mm-hmm. you know, and lifestyle, right? All yep. this traveling you do and all these things. So so the more these numbers grow, the more people you reach in different markets, you know, the more your your numbers will go up and then uh, your worth goes up. Yeah. Your net that's worth. Right. right. So so that's what that's what it comes down, you know. And, and so you're playing you're playing the futures game on content and you're just building I mean, meaning you're you're building great content exactly to continue to build your brand on the long play of of the value of that kind of brand increasing mm-hmm. the things but i i honestly i do it in i don't do it in a, with it with a with a with a fully motivation of getting numbers and yeah. just just seeing it seeing it as a business as everybody sees it now yeah like you go out you create youtube channel i want to create content just so you can get the numbers that's right the way I that's like that's, that's what they just asked us when we were sitting down for asking us for our numbers on, on my YouTube channel exactly. and Instagram <laughs> before your like, name. Yeah. Hey, excuse me. What's your uh, following Yeah, on your name? <laughs> and, and what's interesting is they don't, they often don't ask about engagement, which is more important because you could have a million subscriptions on your YouTube channel true. and if no one's mm. watching it or no one's commenting, that's very or no one's yeah. clicking through. Exactly. So coming back to that topic, I'm like, I should focus more on that because yep. it is kind of a business part of an athlete. But the way I, I've been just doing it forever, it's just like I do it because I love it. Yeah. You know, and that will bring numbers no matter what. But it's something that really got me passionate about. It's like cars and being out there, creating content, high quality here and there, whatever. How, so, how are you learning? Who are your mentors or people that you look up to? There's a bunch of people, you know, like uh, aspects, you know, like a dude that passed away last year was Dave Mira. Yep. I really looked up to him since mm-hmm. I was a little kid because he was like the top number one. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always smiling, you know, yeah. little things like that get caught in your head. Even even though you're watching TV, I was in South America watching TV and, and I liked this guy. He was like the... The hero. Because he was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good, nice guy. You can see, you yeah. can vibe it, you know. Yeah. 
and then he was winning everything. Yeah. And then and then I met him in person, super nice guy, always respected. And then he moved on to rally racing, which it is my world. I grew up with my dad, surrounded by fun cars and fast cars too. Yeah. And then, so I was like, wow, this guy is now into into how do you say rally racing, mm-hmm. amazing. And then he moved on to uh, triathlons. Yeah. So, which is imp- involves all this high performance uh, training, yep. which is kind of what I've been learning these past six, seven years, you know? Yeah. So, so it kind of like my life kind of like uh, I get a good, good and clear guide from him, yeah. the way he lived. What about um, your, any meditative practices or reading or, or, or ways that you practice being mindful? And peaceful. You know what? Uh, I Almost like when you were a kid when you first picked up a bike. So I became Christian when I was like, uh, when I was like the year before I came to huh. States. Yeah. Became Christian when I was 19. And then that changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. 180 degrees. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. People say people don't change. Most of the time don't change. But, it, but there's nothing more powerful than a changed man. When, yeah. you, when you're able to change. And I did change my life, my costumes, the way I was thinking, the way I will hear things, the way I will just uh, see things and everything, you know, respect in, in our world and priorities in life. So you pray, do you pray often? Not, not as much as I should. Not as much as you should. <laughs> I suck. Yeah, but having but, that, but, but believing in that higher power has dude, changed your life. It's, yeah. it's my everything, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like what you... It's your support, your base, your rock. and, and I think uh, a lot of people get caught and are fearful of the word change because they lack vulnerability. And it, sometimes it, it hurts to change because it's really uncomfortable. But I've noticed if, if, if you substitute out change and use the word evolve, mm-hmm. people, of course, want to evolve because it's exactly. kind of like saying – Hey, I, I want to mature as a person in my life. I don't want to stay immature in my life. Yeah, improve. Exactly. It's, um, it's not easy. Yeah. Some things might be easier than others, but yeah. but I feel like I mean the whole constant, in, the only constant in life is change. You know, hmm. and also if you think about it, an athlete, you can't be the same athlete that you were yesterday or the past year. You got to improve yourself. And so, so or if you realize we are changing, the problem is that we change, we decrease, we go down, we stop wanting more. We start, as the years go by, we become dull. Hmm. So I think if we can change that and, and change in a positive way, I think that's it, you know? Yeah. And then I'm not talking about changing just so you can fill up your pocket with money. That's right. You know, spiritual, like mental, physical, Improving, everything. as you mentioned. Exactly. Being you know? intellectually curious. That too, you know, everything, you know? Yeah. You had said it even with your training, you, you, you always feel like you can improve. Exactly. And I think in a way, it's, it's a really powerful message. Is that how you kind of take on each day are there any other mantras that you look at or are you just like you're I, hungry i try i try to stay hungry but hunger the problem is like this is so hard what i'm telling you to you right now it sounds beautiful and easy but it's so hard yeah you know you stay hungry stay stay on point you even have to create that Mm-hmm. You know, there's a point where you have to create your hunger. You have to create ambition and and brainwash yourself so you can set yourself up for whatever. And there's so much coming. negativity in sports because there's losing, 
uh-huh. right? And and you'd mentioned brainwashing. That's interesting. I don't hear many athletes say that in reference to to that style, at least. But how do you handle um, your performances? Let's start with. I'm, I'm going to make the assumption. Tell me if I'm off. That like when you go to a competition, mm-hmm. you prepare and expect to win it. Exactly. Exactly. And know. so when that doesn't happen, what kind of stuff? You how know, can I hack you on, honestly, on ways? Because I have a t- tough time handling losses. I've never been away. I've never been in a way. And, and this is something that kind of play against me, like just being Christian, so humble, yeah. so content with anything. I was like 20th place. I was the happiest dude in the, in the place, in the, in the competition. Huh. Yeah. I was 15. I was the happiest dude ever. No, Nothing could take away my happiness. They can't even touch it or face it, you know? Yeah. And then it didn't matter how you play. I was I was worried about you know what go to each competitors and smile to them, hmm. have a little quick chat before the competition, feel the vibe and yeah and things like that you know more than I was like trying to beat somebody else right it's a whole different vibe but then that changed throughout the years and then then my focus was being the style I wanted to be like the the stylish dude in the ramp out of the ten top dudes in the world. I don't care who won. I want nobody. I didn't want anybody to forget what I did on that ramp huh. or the way I looked. Yeah, and it worked out great because people will be like, always get the compliments. I was known as the guy that 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 kind of do, does the tricks a little bit different, dresses a little bit different, and does this, does that, whatever, right? So, but then now I'm at a point where I really want to just pursue the first place, and yeah. that's what I've been training training for right now, you know. Yeah, I don't want. I mean, I only have like uh, I'm thirty. I'm thirty two right now. I only have let's say ten more years of career. Yeah, and I tried everything kind of that I can try. Now I want to try something different, so I'm striving for that. Yeah, well, that's great. So I, it's I love change. You know. Yeah, it's changed, but I love the idea of of really most combining all three as an athlete. And I'm I'm taking advice from you as enjoying the moment while you're there. I do love the idea of feeling the vibe and, and enjoying the experience and the opportunity that we have as athletes. And then I do think that being creative and showing that creative flow is impactful because sports at the professional level is entertainment. It's entertainment. It's true. Some people get uncomfortable with that because they're like, oh, no, you know, it, it's just how, it's, it's just like a business. We have to perform and who cares what other pe- mm. people think. But we're entertaining. Um, but the last part is like how do you, how do you mesh the, the previous two and then other nuances to, to be the best and win competition? Exactly. I think if you do all three, it's, it's, it's a home run. And that's when, when, when you find people like Travis Pastrana. Does it all? One one of a kind, you mm-hmm. know, like maybe this Kobe Bryant that's stealing cameras everywhere he goes to. Yep. You know? Like a Lionel Messi. Exactly. Yeah. So so there's only like, what, two or three guys in the planet out of all the people on this planet that are, or let's say 10, yeah. that can really hit that heart wrong, like uh-huh. you said, you yeah. know, that has it all. Yeah. And that's what it comes to be. That's what it takes to become a high-performing uh, high athlete that can be in top of the game. It takes your everything, you know, like your all areas of your life. Yeah. You know, not just your spirit, mind, and body, but also they co- then comes down to your attitude, yeah. the way you live, the way you project yourself, the way you show yourself, the way you speak, hear, look, everything. So, yeah. so I think it's, it's very interesting, you know, yeah. to think about that because then it's like 
I don't know, when you're successful at, at a business and in a year you make 10 million, you know, yeah. from starting from a thousand dollars, you know, yeah. it's like, wow, how do you even do it? It's yeah. one of a kind. Yeah. So, so I think it's so hard, but it's fun. It's cool to think about that stuff. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because uh, I know you can create that. Yeah. It's not magic or coincidence. Yeah. Right? You can create it. Yeah. So. Well, awesome, man. That's what we're working Coco for. Coco Zarita crushed it. <laughs> Dude, it's so inspiring. We could talk for ages. If you enjoyed Coco Zarita as much as I did, please be sure to let us know. Now, this week, instead of doing two big takeaways, I'm going to read you two quotes that I took down on my notepad when I was talking to Coco in Santa Monica. The first was, often the guys that smile are the ones that win. Love that. And his second, almost his last, was winning requires your spirit, mind, body, and attitude. Continue the conversation with me on social media by tagging me, especially on Twitter, at Paul Rabel. And be the first to listen to future episodes as well as catch up on previous episodes, including my one-on-one conversation with Coco's favorite and action sports slash NASCAR great, Travis Pastrana. Other guests, New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, Team USA women's soccer captain Julie Foudy, Venus Williams, Drew Brees, and NBA star Jeremy Lin. You can find all these episodes and more on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. A shortcut to our show notes, including Coco's social media handles, which I advise you to follow him on Instagram, visit suitinguppodcast.com. And that's it, everyone. Until next time. I'm off to purchase a new suit so I can suit up or continue to figure out the best way to sign out.